This is Sarah Seven, and you are listening to Tornado Radio. But we're all safe and warm in the eye of the Central Texas music storm. A little while ago, before all of this holiday madness, John May and bandmate and her dad, Dana Spigner, came down from Waco and they chatted with myself and with friend and fellow songwriter, Rain. And we talked about not just songwriting, but performance and family and writing about family. And it was a, it was a good chat. Hope you all enjoy. Right, for those who don't know your story, tell us how you came into songwriting, how that all came about. How did I start songwriting? Um, Well, I don't know the day that I started songwriting. I guess it was probably when I was like five. Um, I've been making up music and songs. Obviously, they were not any good back then, but... um, both my parents are songwriters and musicians and singers, and so it was kind of constantly in my face all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I just I I immediately bonded with the idea of making music, and I just never stopped. I don't think I I don't think I can stop. Did you play an instrument early? Yes. Um, I think my dad bought me. Well, he had, he had bought me a guitar when I was really, really young that I didn't, you know, play very well. Um, but then he bought me some uh, conga drums, and that was kind of my introduction into actually sounding decent at music. Um, and I was a drummer first because of that, so. Okay. Uh, yeah. Conga drums, then I did some ukulele. The ukulele really helped because it was a lot easier to learn for me and it made the rest of the string instruments later on in my life a whole lot easier to kind of start. With songwriting, how much of it is what you call autobiographical versus just writing a song? Where does that line fall with you? Like, I'm going to say a good 97% are... uh, are about me in some way, shape, or form. I have, like, a really small handful of times taken inspiration off of somebody else's situation and tried to write about it. But for the most part, like, when it's just spilling out of me, it's, you know, it's relevant to my life. That way I'm able to, you know, make it an honest song. Yeah. (laughs) I think a lot of songwriters probably think of it as, like, poor man's therapy. It is. Is, is your songwriting process kind of inspirational like that, or do you actually sit down and say, I'm going to write now? Or? Um, so most of my life, up until a couple years ago, it was, there's a TED Talk about this, and I forget who does it, but uh, she talks about um, like this old farmer lady who was out in her field, and she was a poet, and and she could, it was almost like, the wind going by, you know, 
and and when you have it, I mean, it hits you, and you have to run, and you have to write it down, because if you miss it, it's gone. So it used to be like that for me. It would come to me, and back then, I didn't have many responsibilities, and I was able to drop everything I was doing and um, do it, sit down and write the song. Now I have a two-year-old son, and so that has changed. So it's it's a little more intentional now, making myself sit down and start or finish a song which is it's still brand new to me to do it that way but it's it's working the song come get your baby i'm guessing that one is just a little bit autobiographical uh yes um so i my son's dad and i had like you know some trouble for like the first year of my son's life and um it's kind of a joke now in the family but he would he would say back then because he was so in love with the fact that I was a songwriter and a singer and, you know, everything like that. And and I have these periods of time where I, like, just have nothing to write about and I don't write. Um, and so he would he would say back then, like, oh, I'm just acting like this so you'll write something, you know. I'm just giving you something to write about. I know, I know. And, uh, and I always was like, that's so dumb, you know. Um, but I did. So I finally did. I wrote, <laughs> wrote about it. And this is when we were separated. Um, things have changed a lot. We're engaged now. Okay. So the story has a happy ending. Cool. It has a beautiful ending. But yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those in the moment songs that happens to be decent. So I kept doing it. <laughs> so he can live with that and laugh at it now? He laughs at it now. Yeah, have to be careful what you say sometimes in your songs. Yeah, if you write from your own life, you kind of run the risk of maybe hurting people. And if you still want them in your life, yeah, that's something to think about, huh? They know us so well, like, they pick apart those words <laughs> sometimes. And they're like, is that about me? You know? But I know y'all perform together. Do y'all co-write together? Are your songs co Not all of them. Not all of them. We do. Yeah. Um. Lyrically, no, not always, but we we do work together on all the arrangements. Yeah, and we recently have. That's another thing that I've had to start doing is um, passing my songs off to him sometimes, because I don't have all the time in the world to finish them. So we've got like a couple pretty cool duets out of that on accident, and um, yeah, he helps me like. Me personally, he helps me finish songs out, and um, like if like if a phrase needs to be replaced with something, he'll be like, "Hey, try this." And for the most part, I do it. Working with family, how is that for y'all? I mean, wh what do you think? It's good. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like we're not when we're working. It's not really like a family thing. It's more of a I don't know exactly how to explain it, but it's we're really just working off of each other trying to make something special. And uh, we, we have plenty of time for family outside of that, but when we're working together, yeah. it's pretty much just all musical. Yeah, kind of step out of one role and into uh -huh. a, another. And you know, I'm not, I'm officially an adult, so he doesn't have to well, he doesn't have to parent me anymore. So, you know, we're able to kind of work together as friends a little bit now. 
Yeah, and we've been through a lot, the two of us together musically, and we've pretty much figured it out. Yeah. And uh, she takes point, and I just stay behind and try to do what I can to keep everything out of the ditch. And if there's something that needs to be said, she has no problem hearing it. And we just go from there. Yeah. Also, I think I have a lot of people tell me that I'm old sold and he is the exact opposite so he is has this youth thing so we kind of meet in the middle a little bit can y'all play come get your baby let's do come and get your baby yeah we can do it hmm? that's cool is that too slow you said we can go faster i was asking if it was that means that means he thinks it is <laughs> Okay, let's go faster. Ready? Two, three, and... It's been about three months since you kicked me out And sometimes I wonder what it is you do now Probably drinking and smoking with the wrong crowd days just hanging around and no I don't miss you I'm doing just fine but I'm living with something that ain't only mine well, I've got something of yours it's always around and I can't do the dishes or head into town without thinking of you and seeing your face yeah he's always with me always in my space and no i don't miss you i'm doing just fine but i'm living with something that ain't only mine so come get your baby he's driving me crazy like his daddy when there's something he wants so quit being lazy why don't you pay me oh boy could you maybe be a man for once come get your baby think too hard on doing this myself cause I never thought I'd get this far without your help I've been pushing and waiting and staying up all night honey where did you go we ain't doing this thing right and no I don't miss you I'm still alive but I'm living with something that ain't Come get your baby, he's driving me crazy He acts like his daddy when there's something he wants So quit being lazy, why don't you pay me? Oh boy, could you maybe be a man for once? Come get your baby
y'all can laugh at that time now thank y'all holy moly it's hot now yeah <laughs> <laughs> are, are most of y'all's gigs outside now or is it about half and half girl it's it's back and forth we pray they're inside though <laughs> right now because yeah. it is so hot but like the big festivals and stuff that we do um, those are outside, and those are worth it, you know, because it's a lot bigger of a show. Yeah. So. Since you grew up around music, was there a point when you just knew that this is what you were going to do with your life? Okay, so I have had it in my head. I have been convinced since I was pretty young um, that this is what I'm going to do, <laughs> and that this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I did other things, like, I was really good at basketball, I was really good at track, and just, like, random things, you know, but, um, the music, it seems like it always came back around, and, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know exactly when, I think I've just always known that I'm gonna write songs. Do you remember the first time you performed a song that you wrote? Or um, do I? John Sebastian. I didn't write that though. Oh, that you wrote. I'm sorry. Okay. That was my first performance. <laughs> um, first time I performed one of my own songs. When was that? I guess I guess it was probably. Um, we used to. My mom and I used to have a studio in Eagle, Colorado, and we would teach kids different instruments and things like that. And every now and then we would have these showcases where we would have the kids get up and do all their stuff. And um, I guess that's probably the first time I ever played some of my originals. Probably at like the Dusty Boot and Eagle or something. But, uh, yeah. How'd that feel? I think it felt good. I was terrified back then. <laughs> because there wasn't, there was only like a few of us in that town, in that valley. In my age group at least. And... And they're both amazing, but we just went round and round and round, the three of us. We just wanted to beat each other the whole time, so. 
But I finally did it. I finally started doing my stuff. So, yeah. All right. My next question is about the mandolin. You know, not not a lot of singer songwriters play mandolin. I guess that's true. Yeah. I write a lot of my songs on guitar, actually. And then I just switch over if I have to. Sometimes I play solo without him, and I have to just play with my guitar because you know. A solo acoustic performance with just an, a mandolin doesn't really work. Yeah. Especially with my voice. Because <laughs> I'm piercing and the mandolin is piercing, so the two don't mesh well. Well, how did you get into it? Because it's tuned differently than the guitar. That was the, uh, the day I graduated high school. I have a picture on Facebook of uh, my dad and I. He brought me the mandolin, which was so random, by the way. <laughs> I don't even know why you did that. A musician dad getting his daughter a mandolin. He didn't even play mandolin. Like he was just, I think he just knew somehow. But yeah, I was in Colorado and I graduated. He came up from Texas for my graduation. Barely graduated, but I did. And uh, he was like, here you go. Hands me this mandolin. And I've got, I've got a picture of me and him and my stepmom with the mandolin and on Facebook at some point I, I posted uh, that time I graduated high school but more importantly that time I met my mandolin <laughs> and every year that picture comes back around um, but yeah <laughs> so the mandolin was more momentous than the high school graduation oh for me absolutely yes yes it was well, and it's an interesting instrument, too, that particular one. It's not like your typical mandolin. Yeah, and I didn't know that either when he brought it, because I didn't know what the heck it was. A lot of people get really confused when they see that one, because they're like, why is that guitar so tiny? It looks like an electric guitar, but it's really little. Uh, you know, with the acoustic, like, A-frame or F-style, you can A-frame, F-style, A-style, and F-style, A-frame. <laughs> House. <laughs> Okay, I'm dumb. Uh, they can tell a little better that that's a mandolin or, you know, but a lot of people think it's a ukulele, actually, which I don't understand. It's got four extra strings. Yeah. So, yeah. I think it actually complements your voice because it kind of gives it, well, that Appalachian sound. It fits. Thank you. I feel like I have to be kind of careful with it. Because it does have such a unique sound. Right. What kind of things inspire you? Uh, unfortunately, the bad stuff helps. Um, but also, like, overwhelming amounts of happiness works. Sometimes it has to be, like, a lot, though, of happiness. Um, when things are, like, just normal and good and calm... I don't find myself sitting down to write as much as I do when they're bad. <laughs> um, but like I said earlier, there's there's sometimes that I can take a different situation. You know, a friend or a family member or things that they're going through. And almost like... Uh, I, t I, don't, I don't know what the word is. I wouldn't say like empath, but I... Sometimes feel like I need to get it out for them. Sometimes. 
do you have any particular musical influences, artists that inspire Absolutely. you? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I know I, before we started this whole deal, I mentioned Blink-182, and I know that's really kind of out of my box, but it's also, like, a huge part of who I am is, like, that 90s punk rock era. And um, so a lot of that, actually, and then... Like singer-songwriters, you know, Lori McKenna, Brandi Carlisle, uh, Roger Miller is pretty much, like, I'm getting married in October, but when I die, I'm getting married again to Roger Miller, so <laughs> that's happening. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mentioned the whole punk thing, because I was listening to Loser, and I've had this idea for quite a while now, that country and punk need to be a thing absolutely like i'm a porch punk and i know i'm not the only person who feels this way okay do you know who uh chris spicer is he's in waco or or uh giblet head have you heard of that band i've heard of them you if you like that that's what they do it's porch punk and it is on point i mean it is so good well that attitude is a lot of country songs yeah it's true. Did you feel that in Loser? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Can you tell the story behind that? Loser? Okay. It was, honestly, Loser was probably one of the most random songs I've ever written. Um, it was after, it was, it was in probably not even a year ago. Um, and obviously, you know, I have my son now, so I spend a lot of days at home with him. And it was one of those days, and I remember thinking, like, First of all, I need to write a song. I haven't written in a long time. So it was one of those intentional, you know, sit down and do it. Um, but also, for some reason, like, I had it in my head. Like, as musicians and performers and stuff, a lot of us, you know, we get cocky and we get big-headed and anyone who says that they don't, they're lying to you. Because when you're on stage, there's a certain feeling you get. Yeah, that I am somebody attitude. And the more you do it, the more it builds up. And you have to remind yourself sometimes, like, dude, I'm a nobody. And I never really have been. Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, and I know, like, I don't know if that makes sense. But um, that's what I wrote Loser about. And, Yeah. It was it was really random. I was just washing the dishes, looking out the window, thinking, I need to write a song. Also, like, I suck. <laughs> and then I wrote Loser. <laughs> so. One, two, three. Regretting everything I did And I usually tend to do them all again Cause I'm a nobody and I really never been well, I just ain't able, I really never been So I pick things up just to put them down again Just 
should be and I ain't there for the good things that come around No, I just use and abuse them I've got it real good at losing And I don't blame you for choosing to turn around Then here comes that Sunday punch again You know I'd fight for you, baby If I thought that I could win But I ain't that strong And I really never been Yeah, I ain't compassionate I really never been So I judge through you Till I can see myself again does is kick me in the chin So I ain't compassionate or really never been You won't know where to find me Ain't no chains there to bind me I just drift on through like the snow And if you stop and listen to that long one that I got like maybe a little over halfway through the song and I liked it a lot and I was like man I want to finish this so bad but I just it, nothing else was happening and finally it dawned on me like duh my dad's a songwriter so I gave it to him and then he wrote that second verse and that was kind of our first duet um so yeah that's that's cool that we have that because I like being able to share some of that vocal lead time with him that's nice for me to be able to do yeah i like that vocal back and forth mm -hmm. yeah i think that works yeah i think so too yeah and what about like you like you um <clears throat> okay i wrote that song 
Uh, it's kind of a weird story. I was in a really dark, dark place when I wrote that song. Um, I was dating a drummer. Don't ever date the drummer. Um, <laughs> and Wait, don't date the bass player. Don't date the guitar player. <laughs> Just don't do it. Oh, and um, never, ever, ever, ever date the lead singer. We're no good. <laughs> um... No, I mean, yeah, just right. <laughs> um, anyway, so <clears throat> we, yeah, he was just not um, great. So I ended up writing this song, and it was it was almost like when, like, I was sitting there and I was thinking about all of like the really bad things that have happened to me in my life. That's why I talk about, you know, I went to church every Sunday, and then I did drugs and then I drank and you know I did all of these things and I did them pretty young and um I I I just had been through some really dark times and it seemed like at that point in my life out of all of the really bad things that could have ever happened to me he got under my skin so much worse is kind of what that song's about like he really just got to me so much ready two three I could have done anything I wanted So I chose to try it all From church every Sunday On to drugs and alcohol I never weighed the goods and bads enough to tell quite whether I had time and if I'd get to hell. But nothing seemed to bother me like you, like you do, and nothing seemed to get to me. But you said I'd been on your mind for months it came to pass Now I'm looking out the window alone getting high To stare at the rain and ask God why Nothing seems to bother me like you Like you do and nothing seems to get to me Well, 
chose to try it all From church every Sunday on to drugs and alcohol I never weighed the goods and bads enough to tell quite Whether I had time and if I'd get to hell But nothing seemed to bother me But that's that's kind of that's where you know nothing seems to get to me like you do. That's kind of the hook on there, and um, yeah, he did. And then there's own anyone. Own anyone. This this sounds really bad because it's about <laughs> all these all these different guys. Uh, this is a different guy. Um, <clears throat> this is gonna be really uh, funny if these people hear this. We can only hope. They probably will. And and I don't hold back either. I'm sure they've already heard these spiels already. But um, Own anyone, I was in a relationship for a little while with um, a guy who was from Colorado. And I was in Texas. And I was like, oh, you're from Colorado. You know, like it was just like this really quick thing. I didn't really have many friends here yet or anything. So I like immediately gravitated toward him. And he had, his family was really well off, and we, like, moved in together, like, right away, and, you know, we did it totally the wrong way, but, um, I didn't, I didn't come from that kind of place that he came from, like, financially, or, you know, anything, and so it kind of got to the point and I don't know if it was realistic or not, but I felt kind of like, you know, the, like, just look pretty and don't talk and just, you know what I mean? Just sit next to me and yeah. look good. And, uh, and uh, you know, it got kind of bossy and it got kind of just, I felt like nothing was mine and I needed permission for things and, you know, stuff like that. So that's where that came from. Um, I don't want to own anyone, you know. And it's really heartfelt. Yeah. All the songs spoke to me, but somehow that one really did. Well, I wrote it right before I left. <laughs> like, with, within a week, I was moving out. So, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And I'm just going to, like, disclaim this. All these people I'm talking about, they're not bad people. I just, I get inspiration from different situations, and people want to know, so I'm going to tell them. Don't hate you, whoever hears this, I don't hate you. Yeah, so not bad people, but bad situations. Yeah, and I mean, I'm going to take my side, and I'm going to make 
art out of it, you know? And I'm sorry <laughs> if, it's, if it makes you sound like a bad person. <laughs> the names have been omitted to protect the guilty. Yeah, no names. No names. It doesn't matter. Two, three, I'm not alone. 
one I did. Do y'all know the band Paramore? I've heard of them. I <clears throat> I'm completely obsessed with Haley Williams. And that last song I just did, that was what I was trying to do when I wrote it. It was like it was like fast and I was like, please don't say you love me when you don't anyone you know, and it was like it was so like Haley Williams inspired. But then it turned into like this uh because we do everything acoustically, it turned into something else. Songs will do that. Oh, they do. They change constantly. Even in just like a few months. Sometimes I'll <clears throat> I'll be playing all these shows and I'll be doing the songs this one way and then I'll see a video from just a few months before and I sing it so differently and I phrased things differently and it's crazy. Yeah. I think it's part of the learning process. They'll show you where they want to go. I'm pretty sure they're alive a little bit. So is there a guy behind Hooligan, or is that just a song? No. I, oh, actually, yeah. But but it's a friend. It's not. <clears throat> Hooligan. Okay, so. Um, like I said earlier, like, I'm a mom now. I have a two-year-old son. My life is this way now, and it's, it's like, really nice, and it's calm. But it did not used to be that way. Um, I was, like, 15 when I started you know, sneaking out and driving up into the mountains and having bonfires and getting drunk. You know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> I spent a lot of nights on a lot of couches and and parties and things like that. And um, we used to just sit there. I talk about, oh, that's in a, a different song. But my friend Brendan, we used to just hang out in his basement all the time. And his mom was so cool. She, like, let us just hang out down there. <laughs> And we had, uh, we would just, like, pass around, like, this handle of Skull Vodka and, you know, like, whoever passed out, as long as your shoes weren't still on, you know, you were, you were good, you were left alone, but, it, like, if, if you're at a party, and I thought this was common knowledge, that is how much, that is how big this rule was when I was a teenager in Colorado, but if you pass out at a party or with your friends drinking or whatever and your shoes are on your feet still, then you're fair game. So I have this friend named uh, Harry, <laughs> who I actually talked to last night. That's really funny. Okay, so names are not being omitted to protect the guilty. And we he used to do it all the time. He passed out with his shoes on all the time. And we got him really good once. We, uh, we drew all over his face. We shaved one of his eyebrows off. We tied him to a bedpost and left him there. We all went to school. Harry did not make it to school the next day. He was stuck. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Harry was kind of the inspiration for that song because he that was him. He just, he was all over the place. He never stopped. He didn't care if, if it was a sketchy situation. He was everywhere. He needs to write a song <laughs> to get revenge on y'all. <laughs> He actually, he does rap music sometimes, and uh, yeah, I think he's involved in, in that part of the music industry a little bit, so yeah, maybe he will. I don't even know if he knows it exists. I, I don't know. 
I've never really told him, but. So, in Colorado, be sure and take your shoes off. Otherwise, you're fair game. Yeah, don't do it. I'm telling you. I mean, I learned the hard way, too, but not like not like we did to Harry. <laughs> it was bad, so. We're not gonna screw up. <clears throat> Well, he woke up in the morning with his shoes on his feet And inappropriate pictures on his chest and his cheeks A sign that said, hit me on the back of his head And likely never noticed, oh, thanks to his friends Nothing left to do but call the last girl he met for a ride to the liquor shop to do it again Cause he's a hooligan, hooligan baby He's a hooligan He'll break your heart again, a heart again baby He's a backstabbing brother, a small town thief A one night lover with his shoes on his
Well, it's just I needed the other guitar for that, but that's okay. <laughs> <clears throat> it sounded alright. I don't think it's gonna sound bad. Don't fall asleep with your shoes on. Tell us about the songwriter night. Yeah, uh, it's every Thursday. It's my dad and I hosting, and it's um, it's kind of like an open mic, but it's all original music. That's our one rule. Um, you know, you walk in, sign up sheets by the door. We've been giving people three songs each, but it's getting bigger and bigger and we're having more and more people. So we may have to take that down to two at some point or start scheduling it out, having certain people one week, certain people the next, but that's down the line, I think. Yeah, it's really laid back. We're trying to get it as much of a listening environment as we can. And so far... So far, people are pretty respectful in there to, you know, the musicians. But it is getting bigger. It's getting more packed every week. And, yeah. I mean, it's a ton of fun. We have a lot of fun. You can... Yeah, it started out 7 to 10. And now it's 7 to <laughs> midnight or sometimes later to get everybody on stage. Mm-hmm. So, are you noticing that... There is more of an emphasis on originals and that the venues are starting to take notice of that. I guess what I'm asking is, where do you see this scene going in the next uh, next few years? I mean, I've only been here like six years, but in those six years, I've definitely watched it grow. Um, there was, there was a small handful of us, at least in Waco, who kind of played out that, and people booked and knew, and now there's a ton. Um, and, I mean, in Central Texas, it seems like there, there are more and more businesses, more and more breweries and wineries and, um, places that want live music. Yeah, they seem to host more songwriters, I think, the, some of the wineries and breweries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those places are nice to play, too, because it is it is that listening room environment, kind of. And, and like you said earlier, too, like it's not just cover bands and, uh, you know. And, and like songwriters, most of us still have our tip songs, and we still have... Like, we take requests and stuff like that, but it is, it's definitely getting more and more open to original music, it seems like. Just different places. They want to hear it. And it looks like there's room for a lot of different styles. Yeah, I mean, we're in Texas. And people in Texas like country music. That's for sure. But, but... It does seem like there's some bands, <coughs> I guess Central Texas, but like Lily. Lily and the Implements and um, Taylor Ranch and his band, um, Kirk Baxley. I'm thinking of people who don't, who aren't just that traditional, you know, country sound, who are, who are doing big things, you know. Um... Dustin Brown, like, yeah, you know, folky rock and just different things. 
Well, we listen to a lot of things and we're influenced by a lot of different things. But I think it's the vibe is all about going out to hear music. Well, especially here in Texas, that's why I haven't gone back to Colorado. I wasn't I wasn't real convinced I was going to stay here. I just, you know, my sister dragged my butt here and I didn't think it was going to last very long, but <coughs> That's why I haven't left right there because Texas loves live music enough that you can do it for a living. Yeah, well, like that Come Down song talking about your sister. Oh, it is. You listen to the words. Look at you. Yeah, I do. You do. It is. That's part of that. The Come Down song is, is um, it covers a lot of different bases for me, but it is. I talk about that in that song. And she did. She came and she... Made me leave. And, and thank God she did because I was not in any kind of good place. Yeah. Mentally, emotionally. I didn't even live anywhere <laughs> by the time she made me leave. So I think we ought to hear that one. Yeah, we can do it. Ready? Two, three, and... said to me you're too high in the tree now come down child well i guess i'm in the wrong direction when i'm headed up toward the sky it's in an eight-year-old's confession for climbing too high sister said to me I'm coming home to see if you've been coming down well it hasn't treated me too kindly I really feel like I could die and in between the shakes and dry heaves well I'll keep on Since you've been playing 
playing out Well, I think I sent your smelly high horse And a, a plethora of your fake smile Still there ain't no use in blind force So keep this message on It's never too late, you got time Honey, it's never too late to come back down It's never too late, you got time Honey, it's never too late to come back It's my favorite one, too. <laughs> yeah, he likes it. <clears throat> I don't know why I write some of that sometimes, but it's, it's funny, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of great songs. Yeah. Thank y'all. That was fun. So I hope y'all enjoyed that chat with John May, Dana, and Rain. And be sure to check out that songwriter night that's every thursday from 7 to 11 ish <laughs> and the location i believe it had been at uh, the backyard saloon but i think they're doing some remodeling so be sure and check with uh with john and May about uh, the current location they might be having it temporarily somewhere else check on that hope y'all enjoyed and as always peace be with y'all